Welcome to the Sports Betting Preview Podcast from Pregame.com. Pregame.com. Broadcasting straight from the Las Vegas Strip. Vegas, baby. With your host, R.J. Bell. I saw him on ESPN. Can I call Marco Daddy? VR seems wild. Welcome to a sports betting podcast from pregame.com for the week of February 12th, 2010. I'm your host, RJ Bell. I'm joined by Marco D'Angelo, 30 years in the business, Vegas runner, genuine professional better here in Vegas, star of the CNBC special on gambling. This is segment one of four. We're going the whole route now with basketball. We got four big games. First up, we've got Oklahoma at Oklahoma State. Okay, so what we do here, we're taping on Thursday. The lines for these games aren't out. So what we're doing is we're going to discuss what we expect the line to be, discuss the game accordingly, and then what you'll know is if the line comes out significantly differently, that's where the value is. And that's the beauty. In fact, what real handicappers or most real handicappers do, they have their number first, and then when the line comes out, if the line is much different, that's when they'll pound it. That's why you'll see these opens is people will play them within a minute or two. They think the game should be picked. It comes out at four. They take the four points automatically. Almost like if you know what a car is worth. Let's think about this real quick. Is You know a, a 1995 Corvette is worth X, whatever that is, and then you see it somewhere else for significantly less, unless you question that the car is somehow you know broken or something, then you know you've got a value. value. You buy it and then you know you got value. So in this game, what is the number? What is the Vegas runner number? I made Oklahoma State an eight-point home favorite, and I set the total at 141. All right, Marco? I made it Oklahoma State 7.5. Okay, so we got a pretty clear number here. Okay, now anyone, do we, you had your official free pick on the Thursday night game? Yes, I did. All right, so each week we each give an official free pick. And Marco, which game are you going to do your free pick? I'm going to do my free pick on the uh, Tennessee Kentucky game, second game on Saturday. Okay, so the second Saturday game. Okay, so let's give, let's talk about this game and we'll give the coupon on this game too this week. How's that sound? Okay. Okay, so. As handicappers, what jumps out at us here? This is the second time these two teams meet. And the first game they played, Oklahoma won the game in overtime. But Oklahoma State played probably their worst game of the entire season. I mean, they shot 27% field goals, field goals excuse me, overall and 20% from the three-point line. And they still were able to take Oklahoma into overtime on the road. So, to me, that's a telling sign that if this team shows up, we should see a much different game at home from Oklahoma State. Good. I mean, that you make an interesting point is the first level of handicapping is look at the score and say, let's assume the line is uh, eight, is look at the score and say, oh, they went into overtime, I'm getting eight now. It makes you think you're getting value. But if, in this case... If the one team shoots 25% yeah. and they still are able to get the game into overtime on the road, exactly. you've got to think, okay, Oklahoma State's a much better team. All right, Marco, what jumps out of you? What jumped out at me is, you know, I like to do situational handicapping. And when I looked at the first meeting, I looked at what both teams were coming off of going into that game. Even though this is a rivalry game, you still like to know what their previous game was. And they were opposite ends of the spectrum. Oklahoma State was coming off a monster win. 
81 to 52. You win a game by 29 points in conference over Texas Tech. So they were coming off a high. Oklahoma on the other side of the coin was coming off their lowest game of the season. They got blown out by Baylor 91 to 60. So you had a very focused Oklahoma team coming off an embarrassing loss and you had a team Oklahoma State that you know kind of could have come in here fat and sassy a little overconfident off their big romp of Texas Tech. All right, so what we're saying there is is that if you can there's two different ways to assess a prior score differently than just the hard facts of what the score was. One is what we talked about was you look deeper into the box score and say, well, it did go to overtime, but, and then we had the but in this case, Oklahoma State shot horribly. You're saying, let's talk about how primed these teams were for a good performance, and let's adjust the final for that. An example would be in the NBA, if a team was playing the fourth game in five nights, in Denver, high altitude, they end up losing by 10. You really have to say that score was maybe a little bit deceiving. You're saying, potentially, Oklahoma State had a negative coming in the first matchup. Oklahoma had a positive because Oklahoma was focused after a tough or after an embarrassing loss. Oklahoma State might have been fat and sassy, as you say. So we would even adjust more to say Oklahoma State going to over, into overtime on the road probably was even better than, than, than it looks like on the surface. Exactly. Okay, so it seems like we have leans. So at the number of eight, is there a lean on Oklahoma for both you, or Oklahoma State for both of you guys? I leaned to Oklahoma State in the game. One of the other things that I noted in this game that's an advantage for Oklahoma State is they have had an entire week to prepare for this game. So they've thought about nothing about other than their arch rival playing with revenge. So I think that's an advantage where Oklahoma did have a game in, you know. Oh, so Oklahoma week. played Wednesday? Uh, Wednesday? Oklahoma played this week. I don't know what day they played, but they, they played this week. They played Texas Tech on uh, the ninth. Okay. Thank okay, you. so that's a good point. In you know, it, it's not all that often you have a whole week between games, and clearly they've got one focus. That's a that's a very good point. Any what else jumps out of you about um, this game? Uh, what I'm worried about the Oklahoma State side is, is that they might bring the line out a little higher because both. Uh, Two players on that team, Pledger and Fitzgerald, they're having disciplinary issues right now. And although they're not key contributors, they do put up around 10 points combined a game. And this is a team that just isn't deep. They, you know, they, they depend on three freshmen and two sophomores to get the bulk of their minutes. So they need to bring in guys off the bench to take up some of these minutes. Uh, no, which team are we talking about Oklahoma. Here? All right, so you're Oklahoma, you're saying because of the disciplinary we issues. We might see an adjustment in the number by the But way. is it going to be, now when you said the line should be eight, did you, what were you assuming about these they players? They play. Okay, Me too. so if they don't play, then what would they be worth? A half a point? A point in your mind? I'd say about a, a point uh, tops, point, point and a half. Wait, a point tops and then a point, point and a half? No, between it? a point and a, and a point and a half. Really? So two backups with ten combined points is worth a point and a half? As, as this team is, is so not deep. They go five or six deep. They depend too much from their starters. And even though uh, these guys only, if you look at their time, 
they play at least 25, 20, it was like 25 to 30% of the game. So you're saying, and that's always the injury or the suspension issue is, it isn't so much how good that player is, it's how good their backup is. You're saying these minutes, it'd be a big drop off. Uh, yeah, huge. What kind of adjustment would you make? I would agree with a point and a half just because public overreacts to things like that. But remember, we're talking about what you think the line should be. We're not trying to guess what the line is. I'm not interested in that. I want to know what you think the line if, should be. If they are both out, I would make the line nine. Okay. All right. Okay. So now then when we try to assess value when the line does come out is that we now know if these players are playing, it should be, you guys think, around eight. If they're not, it should be around nine. And if the number is significantly different, that's where the value is. Absolutely. Okay. Let's do the coupon. So we do give the three free picks away, but when we don't, we also give you a coupon. So if you want to go to pregamepros.com and buy something that's premium, you can actually get a discount. Hit it, Marco. All right. Well, since it's the Super Bowl champs, New Orleans Saints, we're going to make the coupon who dat, and that's the word who, and D-A-T, who dat, and the number 10, and you're going to get who 10. Who dat? Who dat 10? And that's all one word, all lowercase. Uh, all one word, lowercase. Who's hot, who's hot at pregame.com? Mike Hook, eight in a row. Hookopedia. Hookopedia. He knows it all. <laughs> he does. He's won eight in a row, and he's what, like 20 out of 30 or something? He's too, got right? a tremendous run, but the recent... Run eight in a row, and he's going for not. We're taking thing on about, Thursday. The thing about Mike Hook is you can go directly to MikeHook.com. He writes probably, I mean, literally a couple thousand words a day in the form, breaking down every, he breaks down every game, and if you have any questions about a game, you just go to him, and he'll give you the feedback, and actually on the podcast, the Sports Betting Today, and you can actually get that at pregamepodcast.com, Mike Cook and Dan Beebe host, and they have a section called Stump Stump the the Hook, (laughs) where they just randomly ask him an obscure question about college basketball, and he answers it. He's the man. All right, good stuff. Now, real quick now, we got a new feature is in the comment section of YouTube, guess the score of this game. If you get it exactly right, you get 100 pregame dollars. It's for free just in the comment section. And remember, you can get all of our videos at pregame.tv or if you want to download and listen, just go to iTunes and search for pregame.com. This is segment 204, big game preview, college basketball. We have Tennessee at Kentucky, and we have Marco's free pick on this game. Now, Marco, give us a before we dig into the game and hear your pick, tell us how you've been doing on the free picks. Well, my free picks, unfortunately, we had a a stinker last week for a free pick. And when you say we, you mean you. Well, yeah, me. I cash. (laughs) I cash. Go ahead. Uh, Okay. Uh, But we are 16 and 8 the last 24. We? Who's this we? we? Well, me. Uh, You know? know, I'm in the stomach. Yeah, I'm a big guy, you know? Okay. <laughs> All right. So you're 16 and 8. 16 and 8. We're going to make amends this week uh, with this Tennessee Kentucky game. Okay. So you're 66% right here for free since the start of football. Absolutely. What's Vegas runner? 15 and 4. 15 and 4? Um, I got you at 14 and 5. Uh, 14 and 5. <laughs> Sorry, sir. And what am I, Marco? You're 12 and 8, but you're you're four, you know, you're coming on strong. Four you were, and one. you were you're 4 and 1 in 2009 and you know, you were hovering there at the uh, five, 500 uh, for a while. This isn't time. A, this isn't a history podcast. <laughs> four, four and 1 this decade. All right, so it's time for you to redeem yourself. Uh, you want to know what our lines are here? Or? All right, all right, good point. So, first thing we tend to do is since we're taping on Thursday, we 
want to hear from the two expert handicappers here. What is their true line? What should this line be to split the result? And then if the line is far off, we can react to that. What's the true line, VR? Uh, I made Kentucky an eight and a half point home favorite, and I set the total at 148 and a half. Now, that's the true line. I wouldn't be surprised if they brought out the total a little higher because of these teams that they love to run, and the public perception is that. So if it comes out 152, the value's on the under. Exactly, exactly. Marco, what's your uh, we got a big, line? We got a big difference here. I have Kentucky at 10.5 in this game. Okay, Woo. okay, interesting. All right, that's true your true number. line. Yeah. All right, what do you, what's your guess on what they're coming out at? I would... The number here, uh, which would be the fair line, the fair to line, the action, fair action uh, would be probably to get this just under ten, get it single digits because of the you know two name teams, you know it, Kentucky being you know one loss on the season, in Tennessee. That's a long answer, isn't it? All right, so what's your pick? My pick is I'm actually going to look to Tennessee. Uh, both teams are coming. You know, I like to look at situations. I say that all the time. All right, so let's, and I'm going to let you answer, so I don't mean to stop you there. But if you're a new listener, you're going to say, wait a minute. And you're going to be right when you say this, by the way. <laughs> you're going to say, wait, me, I'll talk to you. Wait a minute, VR, I'm confused. <laughs> is he's saying the true line, which the line should be, is Kentucky's 10.5 points better. Correct. Then he says, I think the line's going to come out at 9.5. All right. Then he says, "I'm betting Tennessee." So right off, I you know the the normal person would be confused right now. You'd say that the line should be ten and a half. It's nine and a half, but you're taking the nine and a half. So for new listeners, the the old listeners understand this, and somehow that Marco is able to win. Almost at an unmatched rate with this, in my opinion, convoluted thinking. Explain in, in, in 45 seconds what your thinking is on this. If this game comes out single digits, to me it is going to make Kentucky look very attractive to the average better. Because Tennessee got drilled on Tuesday night at Vanderbilt 90-71. to 71. If they can get drilled at Vanderbilt... Kentucky should be able to blow them out even more. And they got drilled last time at Kentucky by 19 points. Good point again. I like uh, Tennessee. I think they were looking past Vanderbilt the other night. That is a rivalry game, but it's one of those one-sided rivalries. It means more to Vanderbilt than it does to Tennessee. But but hold on a second. Let's. You were almost there. So you're saying if they come out at nine and a half, that that's going to or ten, nine. That's going to make. Kentucky look extra attractive to the average better to the average better so it's what you consider a trap game absolutely so you what you're foreseeing here is is because of the Kentucky that that what you're saying is that that Kentucky is a very public team got the great freshman and that if the number comes out below what you look to be the true number that's Vegas saying I think the true number should even be lower Absolutely. And, and on the flip side to that, to, to explain to the people, if this line would come out higher, if it would come out at 11.5, and, and if I like Tennessee, you would think I would like it even better because I'm getting more points. I would be very skeptical if this came out. At, because if, you trust the odds makers. Right. Are right. If they make it, if they make Tennessee look that attractive, getting you know the double digits, I would be a little bit hesitant. Now this is a raging conversation going on in, at pregame forums, which is there's really two schools of handicapping when you really get down to it. And some people can do both and combine the two. And you right. actually do both, and sometimes you're 
premium picks will be trap games. Sometimes will be value games. Is the value player says, hey, I want value. I'm going to make my number. You make yours, bookie. And if we let's disagree, go let's go to war. And you do that sometimes. But sometimes you think there's special reasons that teams are looking extra attractive and they're, they're like paper tigers. They shouldn't look that attractive. And when the book doesn't take the bait, doesn't, like in this case, make it 13, you think there's a reason. Yes. Okay. All right. So let's dig a little deeper. Uh, I'm sorry. No, 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 no. I thought you were going to ask me something. <laughs> I was well. You're right. I was turned the other way. Yeah. I, I, I mean, like you're thinking they need VR. My side. So, go ahead. I, I was just going to say I, I agree with Marco. I, I like the Tennessee side a lot here, um, but uh, the reasoning's a little different on my side because I made Kentucky my true number eight and a half. I'm hoping that they do come out with an inflated number, that they come out with nine and a half, ten, ten and a half even, because they look bad against Vanderbilt, because Tennessee got blown out last time at Kentucky. So I'm hoping the odds maker comes up with something above eight and a half so I could get value on the Tennessee side because I like the situational matchup as well. All right, Tennessee. so typically in college basketball, what spread do you need between your number and the number I'd available? I'd like to get over three. You know? Three points. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel I would comfortable agree with getting that. You know, over three. So, three at 11, so at 11 and a half. I'm loving it. I'm you're loving, loving it. it. But because I think there's a situational a matchup edge here on the Tennessee side, uh, I'm willing to give up a point now. But wouldn't the match but wouldn't the matchup edge be in your number? That's why I think we need to think this through, because this is new to us, the whole idea of making the number before it comes out right, here on the right. podcast. I think what we need to do, then we'll get to Marco to get his final points, and we kind of hijacked his, his uh, free pick here, is I think whatever factors matter should come in to the number. So if you're saying Tennessee has a matchup advantage, then wouldn't that be in your 8.5? What Maybe it should be 7.5 then. Uh, no, no, what, because when I make a number... Okay, I'll I have a, a rating for each team. All right, okay. so you've got a power so ranking. Kentucky, right? You have a power ranking. It doesn't consider situation. Exactly. Okay. Each team's true strength. That that's I think your it starting is. point. Exactly. But then you adjust it from li- there. Exactly. Okay. Uh, adjust a little from there. So, uh, I Kentucky on true strength, I think, is closer to the ten number. Okay. But my, so my, your, your pure power ranking, if you just did the subtraction and accounted for the home field, would be about Kentucky 10. Would make around 9 and a half, 10, almost And you've, 10. Got it to, you've adjusted it to 8 and a half. Because of the situation. the situation. So now that you've got the true number in your mind, if you need three points, then you would still need three points from 8 and a half. Because if you're right, saying, right. I only need a point and a half, then you're, now you're accounting for that situation matchup twice, twice. Right, right. both in the number adjustment and now saying, I'm going to take less value than I really need. Right, right. right. So you're saying 11 and a half. You play, you play Tennessee. Absolutely. All right, Marco, you've got a minute to wrap up your free pick. Well, like again, I said Tennessee. I think they were looking ahead, no question about that. And the fact that this is going to be back-to-back games for them on TV. They don't. Nobody likes to get embarrassed on TV. This is the Saturday night ESPN game, prime time, nine o'clock. This will be the game. They bring it all. Kentucky is a much more, still one of your phrases, Marquinas. Uh, you know, Kentucky's way bigger in basketball than Tennessee. So you'll so get that public. Kentucky in general, you're probably getting an extra point. Absolutely. You're Kentucky, p- UCLA, those are probably two of the, the biggest. I love it. I love the, 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 the fact that Tennessee, you're looking at four seniors against a Kentucky team loaded with freshmen. I think that's enough experience for them to go in there and at least keep it close. I, like, I tell you, if it's, if it's 11 and a half, I'm going to play Tennessee. I, I, 
I, I, I like that. Stuff. All right, good stuff, guys. Next up, we're going to do another college basketball preview. Remember, you can get all of our videos at pregame.tv. And here's what's especially nice is go into YouTube where pregame.tv directs to. Predict the score of this game for free in the comment section. If you get it exactly right, we give you 100 pregame dollars to spend any way you want. For the best deals from trusted sportsbooks, visit pregameaction.com. This is segment three of four, big game preview in college basketball. We're going to Sunday. We've got Syracuse and Louisville. Okay, so what we do a little bit differently during basketball is we're taping this on Thursday. So we've got two different kinds of handicappers here. One is VR, who's a value capper. He's looking for the best number. He's looking for a number that's off from what he thinks the number should be. And you get that number from your own handicapping, from your connections with bookies, Correct. from your connections with batters. Now, Marco's a little bit different, or a lot different, where he is what you call mostly a trap game handicapper. Now, he'll only play the trap games in which there's value, but he wants to find a game where the bookie is trying to force you to bet one way, and it's almost like the Godfather. It's an offer you can't refuse. You want to go the other way because you want to be on the side of the bookies. Okay, so what we do with these games is VR is going to give us what we call the true line on the game. Because remember, the line's not even out yet. Most good handicappers handicap before the line even comes out. You're going to tell us what you think the line should be to split the result. We call that a true line. And then you're going to give us what you think the fair line is, which would split the betting action. And based upon these two numbers, we can get a real sense of how to, how to be a better. So specifically, Louisville at Syracuse, what's the true line VR from your handicap? I made Syracuse a 10.5 point home favorite, and I set the total at 151. Okay, now we had talked about, you go about this in two ways. One, you've got power rankings, Correct. which is a simple mathematical, you know, sub, you know, home field or home court value is considered. You subtract the amounts and then you get a number. Correct. And then you make adjustments for things like matchups, situations like scheduling, etc. Right. So how did, the, how did you come to your 10 and a half? Uh, the 10 and a half is after I broke down the matchup. That's that final number, not okay. just based on the strength of each no, team. No, no, no. Okay, understood. And I was just, I, as we move forward in the weeks to come, I'm interested as a batter to hear what you what your original power ranking numbers are and any adjustments that you make. Okay. Okay, so Marco, what do you think the fair line is that would split the action on this game? I think Vegas will bring this game out at 9 is what I have it at. Okay, so if that's the case, then there's going, to be, there's going to be some value on Syracuse. Let's assume the line's 10 for the sake of discussion. Okay, now, I'm going to actually make my free pick on this game. Um, so maybe I should, I'm, I'm going to play Syracuse. <laughs> maybe we should make it 9.5. Okay, so Marco, you jump out. What jumps out at you from a handicapping angle here? Well, Syracuse had a big game middle of the week. They played uh, Connecticut. And that was the first meeting that they played since the epic six-overtime game last year, if you remember, in the uh, conference championship, the Big East tournament. This was a game that was a big game for both teams. Syracuse won but did not cover. So they were a bigger favorite than they will be on Saturday, and they didn't cover. I think that the intensity of that game plus the look ahead to Louisville on Saturday makes that the vine is why I'm putting in the line coming out at 
a little bit lower than Vegas runner, that Vegas will adjust it. It's going to come out at nine. I tend to agree with you. My lean in the game is to Syracuse because I think you're going to get a better effort out of them on Saturday against Louisville. That was a bigger game for Connecticut than it was for Syracuse the other night. Okay, so now, unless I'm mistaken, uh, Syracuse was winning by even more against Connecticut, and then I think Connecticut outscored yeah, them. Yeah. Like, like uh, six out of the last eight or some variation brought the score a little bit closer, which also brings up the point of a potential misperception that, oh, Syracuse played very close against an average UConn team, or maybe they, they played a little bit better than we thought. But your takeaway, or one of your key points, Marco, is that since Syracuse, you expected Connecticut to be very motivated for that game earlier in the week, and Syracuse not so much, that potentially uh, the score was a little deceiving. Right. right. But, like you all mean, you always have the discussion how teams, different levels of intensity. To me, they both were intense for this game, but because Connecticut was the loser in that six-overtime epic, they're the one that had a little bit more of a, a push in the rematch. Well, not to, not to... I mean, not to mention, too, is Connecticut's fighting to get in the NCAA tournament. I mean, which right now doesn't look like they're going to make right. it, unless I'm mistaken. And some people might be saying, well, why are we talking Connecticut? Because the way that we assess what happened in the Syracuse-Connecticut game helps us decide where the value is in this game. All right, so what jumps out of you, VR? Well, Louisville plays it tonight as well. They play St. John's. Um, so on Thursday night. Right, on the road. So then they they playing back-to-back Big East road games, which is never going to be easy for them. Um, the biggest problems I think Louisville's going to have is that they're an up-tempo team, but they're playing a team that's even a quicker tempo team in Syracuse. Um, Syracuse is going to run even teams that like to run to death. And I think when you play as bad of defense as Louisville plays, Syracuse is going to have an easy time putting up points. Um, the only thing that scares me about this Syracuse team when, it, when I bet them and I need them to cover a number, is they're probably one of the worst high-profile teams that can't shoot free throws. So when they're uh. in that range below 10-point favorite, when I got to lay 7 or 8, I'm always weary because if they have that 7 or 8-point lead and they could put it away with free throws down the stretch, more times than not, you're going to be praying that they could at least hit one of the two you know, to get the cover. So, Marco, we usually make fun of your pronunciations. It, you could tell him it's wary. You're weary when you're tired. Wary? Yeah, it's wary. wary. I, I don't have that. The, how is it? Wary? Wary. I say weary. <laughs> you're, you're tired. Yeah. You <laughs> Fair enough. Oh. But that said, that's a great point because let's think about that. Because my first instinct when I heard what VR said was, well, anytime a team's missing free throws, it's a bad thing. But when do you know a team's going to be having to shoot free throws is when they're up potentially from from three to seven, eight points in the last two minutes of the and game. The cover it becomes So that's a good takeaway if you think about it. If a team's a bad free throw shooting team, laying more than three and less than ten is especially precarious. Yeah, it's huge. Where remember them Duke teams of old, where they'd be laying nine, ten, eleven. If they had a six point lead with two and a half minutes left, two minutes left, you knew they were going to hit every free throw. I mean, before it, you know it, it's thirteen. You almost are talking me off this game, but I, I love that <laughs> because you think about it. It's it, what is handicapping? It's it's 
Sometimes you might think a team is better than people think, but most of the time people are in agreement about how good a team is. Now it becomes two factors. How do they match up against these teams? Well, there's really three factors, or there's more, but three jump out at me. How do the teams match up? And you make a great point about strength versus strength. When you have two up-tempo teams, the one that who's the better up-tempo team has a, a, a real domination. I heard this on the radio recently. I love the quote. It was from Mark Twain. He said, a uh, swordsman is not afraid... The best swordsman in the world is not afraid of the second best swordsman, but they're afraid of someone that might come out throwing a hatchet or something because they're not ready for right, it, right? right? Is a team like Syracuse that's so good up-tempo might have trouble against an old-school Princeton team or, or you know, some different type of team. But if, you, if you're pl- making Syracuse comfortable and, they're, yeah, and yeah. they're the best at it, that's an advantage for Syracuse. So another factor is how the teams match up. Other factors you talk about a lot are scheduling. You know, what's the circumstances and the motivation around the game? So I love... And then the third factor is profile. Is I talked about this a lot in football. Certain teams play well in certain spots. High State is an underdog. I you know, et cetera, et cetera. And to me, we found Syracuse to be in maybe a bad profile for them, which is a favorite from three to ten points in which you're going to have to hit their free throws at the end. That said, I'm going to make this half a unit free oh, no, no hedge I'm going to stick with it. we got 30 <laughs> seconds for any closing comments. Um, the, the thing I think that Syracuse has an edge here because they played at home against UConn, they get that extra day of rest. And because they like to run, usually a team like Louisville who loves to run has a slow Slight advantage when they go eight deep against an unrested team, because you know Syracuse likes plays only six players and loves to run. But because they're at home, because they have that extra day of rest, I don't think that's going to be a disadvantage for them. Good stuff. All right, that's it. Next up, we're going to be talking about our fourth game, UCLA at USC. And remember, we have a special offer. Predict the score of the Syracuse game in the YouTube comments section. If you get it exactly right, you get $100 free from pregame.com to spend at pregame.com in pregame dollars. For free real-time odds, lines, and scores, visit pregamelines.com. This is segment 4-4, big game preview, Sunday action, college basketball, UCLA at USC. Okay, so... Vegas runner, this uh, this is Thursday we're taping, line's not out on the game, but like all good handicappers, we make our numbers before the lines come out, or at least you two do, and I, I use those. <laughs> all right, so w- you do true line, right? and true line means what you think the result of the game is going to be at least 50% of the time, what's going to split the result, what do you put the true line on this game being? Based on just the strength of, of the power ratings, I made USC an eight-point favorite. After I adjusted for the matchup, my true line in this one is closer to nine and a half. Okay, so you think USC one eleven. So you think USC has some advantages that aren't evident in the power ranking? Exactly. I mean, we'll get back to that. Okay, Mark, and you do something different. You try to decide where the bookie's going to come out to split the action, what we call the fair line, and then if the line comes in differently, you think the bookie has a opinion and you want to follow the bookie. What's the fair line? The Vegas is going to come out with this game at 8, is what I have it at. Okay. Interesting. You're saying they're coming out of the pure power ranking, and VR is saying there might be some matchup advantages to USC. So right off, I think our lean is looking to be towards USC, the home fave. Correct. Explain to us those matchup advantages. Uh, UCLA plays such a slow tempo. They love to slow the game down as much as possible. 
The problem here is USC likes to go one step further and stretch it out even longer before they take a shot. So UCLA is not going to be able to dictate the tempo the way they like to to slow a a team that likes to run down where they're not going to be able to frustrate excuse me usc usc is going to let them walk it down the court and have absolutely no problems watching them do that that's a good point so this actually and i'll let you jump back in this touches upon what we talked about in the prior segment the louisville syracuse in that we were saying that when two teams have the same style the superior team has a big advantage because they get to play comfortably within their style. Right. So we're saying we got two slow it down teams. USC's the better team at home. Thus, you see a big advantage there. Exactly. That's pretty good. I'm, I'm actually learning something this week. <laughs> All right, Marco. So what jumps out at you? Well, this is a huge rivalry. USC. UCLA. Oh, is that right? It, it, well, <laughs> word has. If it you're on the street. East Coast, yeah, they, they don't like each other. <laughs> But this is a major revenge game for UCLA. They played earlier this year at UCLA. Destroyed. And UCLA got embarrassed. One of their lowest point totals of the year, they were held to 46 points. They lost 67-46. to 46. Ben Holland, going back to his days at Pitt, great motivator, great coach in revenge. I think UCLA comes to play on Sunday, and I think this game will probably be, I didn't make an official play on this game, but I think it's going to be a lot closer than people think. Interesting. Now, a couple things. One is, for new listeners, Marco is a Pittsburgh expert. He spent 46 years in Pittsburgh, has had an amazing record since the start of 2009 on Pittsburgh-based teams. What's your record at right now? Uh, to be honest with you, we're one in four this year in 2010. We had a great year last year in uh, the well, Lions. But don't you know how Todd's do it? Is we, we, combine. We, we got to combine. What's the combine record? Well, I went last year 49 and 22 with the. Uh, All right, play, so, so you're fit. You're, you're fit. 26. Exactly. Exactly. Well, we like to talk honesty here. Yeah, that's true. Uh, just enough. We don't want to go overboard. A little, <laughs> I think we all know from re- from our romantic relationships, you don't want too much honesty. Who, who, I mean, <laughs> am I right? You yeah, speak yeah. for yourself. You, you, you like. Full honesty? Full disclosure? That's me. Transparency. Why why are you right? Now, something else you guys might, we just actually caught on our break, is if you pan in, and which we're not going to, you could see Marco has a little beard going. It looks like a 16-year-old or something trying to grow a beard. The Stanley Cup beard. Yeah, but, but here's it. We asked him, Marco, tell us why you got the beard going. Well, last Thursday night, a week ago, I made my biggest bet of the basketball season thus far. I had Wright State. It was an absolute perfect situation. They had a 15-point lead. They blew the game. Only so you lost, by is what you're saying. I lost by a bucket, and I was not happy. Friday morning, got up. I don't have to come into the office on Fridays. I work from home. And I said, screw it, I'm not shaving. Well, I won on Friday. So Saturday, I didn't shave either. I won. Well, I've won six straight days, and I vowed I'm not shaving until I have a losing day. Like hockey players That's in the it. playoffs. So it's superstitious. So I almost have a hedge, because if Marco wins pregame benefits, if he loses, <laughs> at least we're good to get into that beer. <laughs> All right, so, VR, you dig a little deep. Well, let's talk about the point that Marco made is, well, here's what I want to talk about. I'm always confused about the following. You say USC blew out UCLA. So on one hand, I'm thinking, wait a minute, the, the best indication, like if I shoot someone in a game of pool and they beat me and they look like a better shot, I don't think, well, the next game I'm really going to get them because I'm pissed. I'm thinking they're better than me. 
I, I found something out I didn't know before that game. Now I'm a heck of a pool shot, so that's probably unlikely. But, well, I don't know. There's a lot of good ones out there, let's be honest. But on the other hand, we talk about this revenge. Either of you guys jump in. When is it good for a team to have been beat the first game, and when is it bad? No, there's always the re, uh, revenge factor in all sports when, when you play conference playing, you meet an opponent twice. But I'm of the belief sometimes one team's just so much better. So how do you, as a handicapper, and specifically in this case, what are the factors you use to decide if the revenge is, or if the initial game was indicative of the nature of the teams, or something that wasn't indicative, and now the revenge is even more important by going back in and breaking down the box score and seeing is there something that isn't normal is a team that only mm-hmm. shoots 35 percent so if it was points, deceiving if yeah, it was deceiving it, it, yeah if ufc only shot 35 percent average from the three-point line and that day they happened to shoot 60 percent then maybe because they got hot from behind the three-point line they built up a lead and it's misleading but if i don't see anything there that jumps out at me that says they shouldn't be able to do this again then I look at the revenge. All right, so I'm going to let Marco jump in, but let me. I think that's such a great point. Is you made the point every time a team gets beat, the next game they're going to want to redeem themselves. That's a given across right. all scenarios. You know, 99% of the time. So the distinction is: was the victory, initial victory, truly indicative or not? Because if it was, I'd rather have the better team versus the team that's very frustrated that wants to come back. I mean, you can walk up and down the ghetto or drive up and down the ghetto and say, look at all these people. They probably feel like they have revenge against society. They're going to go kick butt tomorrow at their job interview. Well, most of the time, losers are losers. So every loser has revenge, right? right? The question is, is it a loser that shouldn't have lost? That's when revenge seems more important. Is that how you look at it, Mark? Well, there's one difference in sports betting, and it's called a point spread, and that becomes the equalizer. When you have a first meeting, there's going to be an adjustment in the second Correct. meeting. Ah. And now, especially, and here's one of the angles, and, I, and I'll give a little plug to a, a post that I do. We have a trap game blog that we do. And today, I introduced a new Who's type. We? Me. Uh, I, I always talk like, you know, the, the conglomerate. But uh, I talk about trap games. <laughs> his and- beard, his stomach, and Marco. <laughs> the, the triumphant. Oh, my God. But... I introduced a different type of trap today, and it's called the Revenge Trap. And it's a very good article, and I gave up one of my gems that, you know, cappers will be using uh, for their own, you know, use. But it's something that I developed a long time ago on how to gauge revenge games. But here you've got a situation in revenge where I like to look to the road dog when they really got embarrassed at home because you're going... You're going to the other team's place, which the general public's automatically going to look and say, oh, my God, Southern Cal crushed them at UCLA. 30 seconds. They should be able to do it again at home. But there's going to be an inflated line, even more so than normal for the home court switch. And you can't help it. The team that won's going to feel a little bit... You know, they're going to come in overconfident. We blew them out by 20 there. You know, this is a cakewalk. That's interesting. And, and of all that talking, the, the point that I took away from it was 
that the line adjustment. Yeah, if it, they do so, if if, if the line and that's where having true lines and fair lines help you know how much they did adjust it. Right. All right. Good conversation. All right, guys, that's it for this week. That's been our fourth video. You can get all of our videos at pregame.tv. Remember, on each and every game we do here, you can go to YouTube, which pregame.tv sends you to YouTube. Predict in the comment section to score this game. If you get it exactly right, you get 100 pregame dollars to spend any way you want. No cost, no obligation to get involved. And if you want to download and listen, you just go to iTunes, search for pregame.com.